Pace, Trom Diggs, aka David Shanks. This is the Guest of the House podcast. It's me and my guy, Professor Nicky Yes, 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 yes. Live from lockdown. Um, we're just gonna jump back in because you know, do it. Um, we were having this conversation in the fallout of the uh, Rosenberg, um, J Electronica kind of um conversation and um our producer anthony um made me think of something and because we were talking about um just the premise that we both agree on that um one group um has no right or authority to tell another group or an individual from that group what to be offended about we all have our own sensitivities we all have um our own feelings and we all have the right to get in our feelings for whatever we get in our feelings about. And, um, you know, what we want in this country and in this um, world is a little more uh, empathy, a little more um, understanding uh, about each other's sensitivities and, you know, sore spots. Um, With that said, I wanted to ask you, and um, this is going to lead into a broader topic. I wanted to ask you about, and I think, again, these themes, the beautiful thing about, I think, the conversations we have on this podcast, um, besides the fact that I don't know that these conversations are being had in this way um, with these perspectives, um, us, you know, having individual perspectives that don't always jive. I think that's important. But um, the other thing I wanted to ask you was in hip hop, I, I think that every once in a while there is um, things that are occurring in hip hop that are best way to explain it is like if you if i came into let's say producer anthony's um i don't know grandmother's home um and was having a or privy to a conversation happening at that dinner table there are some things that maybe said that I don't understand. I'm not saying I would necessarily be offended by them. It's just, it would just be my um, look into a world and a culture that is not my own. Of course. Right. And that comes with what that comes with. I think that hip hop at its core, you know, the kind of things that we speak about in terms of what hip hop culture is and what the origins of hip hop culture is. And that is, inherently an extension of black American culture. Absolutely. There are conversations, there are opinions, there are viewpoints, there are stances, um, some mythical, some fact-based that we have, we as in, you know, me including myself in that group, that will sound strange, offensive, foreign, off-putting, uncomfortable to people not 
in or from the culture. Would you agree with that? I would definitely agree with that. And I think that's any are, culture. Yes, exactly. And that's why I made the reference to mm-hmm. um, producer Anthony. I didn't want to throw and under the bus. <laughs> but um or and I could have used you because you know what I mean? If I went to the family reunion in Science Hill <laughs> and but no one knew I was there and I just sat there, it's possible that at a card table or that a at a you know i could be privy to conversation that would be like whoa that's true that's true probably if i went to a family reunion in brooklyn correct i would have a similar experience correct correct is is there responsibility from hip-hop to change that to change the possessiveness or the the outsider effect? I like the word possessiveness. possessiveness. I think that yeah. are, are we past the point of having this in the house conversation mm. with each other when we know that that is not the case anymore? I would argue that Jay Electronica is saying what he's saying and writing what he's writing. And even Jay-Z, he's not necessarily speaking from you know the inside of a member of the nation of islam but the 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 things that jay-z saying on that album the topics he's um engaging in seem directly for black people yeah i can see that for sure and so if you're making an album, you're saying, hey, look, I'm talking directly to, quote unquote, my people, mm-hmm. then is there a space to say, hey, look, it ain't for you, bro. I, I, I understand you don't understand. I understand you might even be offended, but I wasn't talking to you. Definitely. How does in, that jive with yeah, you? In theory, oh. there should be, right? I'm thinking, is title that space? Hmm. Yeah, it's probably not right mm. so yeah i mean that's i guess the tricky part about the analogy if you were at a family reunion there's no intent to broadcast that right there's no right. intent to to get subscribers or downloads or streams or make any kind of money off of it turn it into a product it, it reminds me of this this krs one quote he says when rappers delight sold two million records in 1979 all the attention was placed on rap music as a selling tool, not on hip hop as a consciousness raising tool, as a maturing of the community. When mm-hmm. hip hop culture got discarded for the money to be made into rap product, we went mm-hmm. wrong right there. Mm-hmm. And but so, he still took that check from Jive. Oh, absolutely. And that's so, why it says we all the way through it, right? <laughs> and so I, you know, that's that's yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to I want to yeah. talk about that because. You know, I can go to a rhyme. I think in the you know in the last episode, I uh, I said strength in numbers, mm. but you're strong as your weakest link. Better off solo if you're thorough and your niggas ain't. Mm. Like I'm speaking to a direct. It's a universal kind of statement. Sure. Anyone can take from it. But when I say better off thorough, better off solo if you thorough and your niggas ain't, 
I'm speaking to like, do you know what I mean? My nephews or sure. I'm speak speaking to black folks. a specific person sure. in mind that I'm speaking to. It's a universal, mm-hmm. you know, thought though. Hey, look, you, you got to keep, you know what I mean? Strong people around you. You know, only as chains only as strong as this weakest link, you know, all this, all, mm-hmm. all the stuff that we know. But if someone could feel offended by the use of the N-word in sure. that bar, and someone could say, hey, I love your music, Trom. I love what you're doing. I don't think you need to use that word. I think you're intelligent enough to not use that word. I listen to your music. I know you have enough of a vocabulary that you could get around using that word. I don't see why you would need to use that so word. This sounds like a C. Dolores Tucker criticism or a Stanley Crouch criticism yeah, or Calvin. John McWhorter. Or a Reverend Calvin Butts or something. There you go. Right. Yeah. Um, Which is more I, of a generational divide in that case, correct, right? Correct. Correct. I'm just speaking just mm. merely on someone has the right to be offended. Sure. My response in that space, C. Dolores Tucker, Calvin Butts, Tipper Gore, you know what I mean? My response mm. would have been, I'm not talking to you. Yeah, you're just listening in, right? Right? So you're yeah. just listening in. Now, I understand what you're saying because that person is not a hip hopper per mm. se. You know what I mean? Whereas like Rosenberg or say a, a individual from a group, whatever the offended group is, it could be LGBT, it could be, you know, women, it could be um, another racial group, another ethnic group that consider themselves hip hop and part of hip hop, but are offended by this particular lyric. How does is that does that make it different than when the response is I wasn't talking to you? Mm. So I mean, so much of this is right at the heart of the metaphor of being a guest in the house of hip hop, right? I mean, yes. sounds like we're going back to the the Ice Cube characterizing his listeners as eavesdroppers, as white fans as eavesdroppers, mm-hmm. um, in his conversation with Bell Hooks in the early nineties, right? Um, and then he went on to say, of course, but even though they're eavesdropping, they need to hear it. So I guess the question is, um, I, I, and I agree and disagree. I, I I think that sometimes, I think that sometimes they do need to hear it, and they need to understand, mm. um, if they're you know if possible. Um, I do also feel that, you know, for those of us who can, who are able to articulate, and speak directly to our people um, through music, there are times when that message needs to be conveyed, you know, by any means, you know, at our, at our disposal, at our disposal. Like, and I don't know that, you know, the tricky thing comes in filtering that message. I remember I had a, um, I had a partner. This is a weird metaphor, but go with me. Let's hear it. I had a partner, he used to date this girl. And, you know, she did him wrong. Um, and, you know, we were having a conversation about it, and he's like, 
you know, he's going through what he's going through. And he's like, uh, I feel away and uh, I'm hurt and, you know, you know, I'm not bouncing back. And then I'm like, man, fuck that chick. You know, we were in college. I'm like, man, sure. fuck that chick. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, put yourself together. Do what you got to do. Uh, he went back and basically told the girl, you know, I guess in whatever conversations they were having, uh, Trump said, fuck you. Ah, uh, you got caught uh, in the crossfire. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I run into her on campus and she's like, mm. we were friends. We were pretty, you know, we were pretty cool. She's like, I don't talk to you. Da, da, da. I'm mm. like, what's wrong with you? I heard you said, fuck me. Da, 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 da. I said, mm. wait, 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 wait. There's a difference between me having a conversation in public or like me having a conversation just about you in general and me saying, Hey, fuck her. Mm -hmm. Right. And there's a yeah. difference between me trying to motivate my broken hearted friend <laughs> to move <laughs> on with his life and me saying, you need to fuck her. Like get her out of your life. You, you go do what you need to do. That's a completely different conversation. Mm -hmm. That's a conversation I was having with my friend, and it should have never left that context. Taken yes, out it, of it that puts context, you in a weird position. Right. Taken out of that context, it sounds like, you know, now take that and put that to whatever the lyric says. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, taken out of that context, it sounds like I don't like white people. Yeah, so I mean... But I'm not talking to white people. Is there a difference between the white folks who just listen? And the white folks who want to respond or critique or comment back. I mean, are you, are you more welcoming uh, of listeners? Just kind of take in the message, process it, you know, think it through on their own, but don't necessarily feel the need to say, you know, I'm going to broadcast and publish what I thought about this. I don't think that if you're asking me personally, sure, I don't have a it's not for me to have a particular stance on it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I don't, um, I do feel that if I'm engaging, like I said, I, this happens to me every day. You know what I'm saying? I enter a world that is in many ways foreign to me mm -hmm. and I'm adjusting and you know, um, Hey, I, when I, when a coworker, you know, sends me an IM or a DM and, or, 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 you know, a friend of mine is telling me like, Hey, I'm at work and like, I'm sitting at my cube and they're just in a full on Trump conversation, like pro Trump conversation. Like I'm not sitting right here. Yeah. <laughs> they're not talking to you, right? Is that not an example of that? Like, Unless hey, they are. We're in our element. We're, have, we're all in agreement. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> You're not. It's just like too comfortable of a conversation to be had within your hearing, right? Correct. Within earshot. But that's at work. Yeah. That's not you turning on a particular hip-hop record and hearing mm -hmm. something that you don't like when you could just turn it off. Sure. <laughs> right? So when does it become, I like hip hop and I should be able to listen to hip hop mm -hmm. devoid of being offended? 
yeah, I mean, you're talking to a white guy who, who wrote books about hip hop, right? So I'm trying to think like, how, how do you balance all this? How do I balance all this? And, I that's, think, and, I, and that's why I said, I don't have a stance on it because I think the adjustment is for mm. the particular outsider, whether that, like I said, whether oh, sure. it's female, whether it be, because I could, I could make the argument and I probably have a pretty strong one that if anyone mm. over the last, you know, 20 years mm. should be offended. It shouldn't be white people. It should be black women. <laughs> Across history in general, I think you're probably right well, on that facts, but I mean, specifically <laughs> when it comes to content in hip hop. And not even being offended, just it's one thing to say, like, I don't want white listeners, period. And it's rare, if ever, that you actually hear a black artist saying that. Um, it's another thing to think about who is prepared to understand your message and who has done the learning and reading and listening outside of your particular song and your particular lyrics to really process what it means and understand the context. I mean, it's kind of like when Kanye West said, you know, to all white publications, he said, please stop writing about black music. He said, you know, you can't, you just can't understand how it feels to be the great grandson of slaves and make it this far. That's indisputable. That's true. Right. Right. There's, there's no way that I could understand that. He's absolutely right. Correct. At the same time, though, I keep writing books and articles about hip hop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so that, and I think you have the right to. <laughs> I think that you have a right to. Again, we've all heard lyrics in hip hop mm. and in music period that are either cringeworthy in the, in the, in the, sure. in the release, at least cringeworthy, like, uh, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But at sometimes downright disrespectful, downright, whatever the adjective is. Yeah, absolutely. We don't, I can't, I don't feel like I could tell that person that they can't say that though. Mm -hmm. I guess I could say, you know, I'm offended by that. I guess. But if they're not talking to me, then I've kind of got to understand that they're not talking to me. And then sure. I can say, because we all have rights. Then I can say, guess what? I don't like that artist anymore. I'm going to take my ears and my time and my money or whatever, mm. and I'm going to take it someplace else. And I'm going so to take it to somebody. Listening. That's all. Change the channel, change the station. That's all. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or like you said, you can engage and say, hey, I'd like to mm. know more about what you're saying there. So what that's what that I got on my listener cap. But you know, when I have on my professor and writer cap, it's kind of like um, Nellie had a conversation with Dr. Michael Eric Dyson. Get out of town. Yeah, this was on VH1 years ago. Um, <laughs> Dyson wasn't a particular fan of Nellie's tip drill video and the position it put young black women in in the video treated them as commodities, basically, which Dyson compared to just 
imagery state straight from the slave auction. Listen, the that ATM card thing is etched into my mind forever. Credit card swipe down yes. down a young girl's butt crack, yes. right? Yes, yes. Um, yes. And Ti was involved in the same conversation. His first comment to Dyson was, "What are you doing up watching BT after dark? Old as you are." Right? <laughs> and Dyson responded, "I'm a cultural critic. That's my job." <laughs> <laughs> So there was a little ageism, right? As far as one group versus another, younger folks versus older folks. Um, and, you know, it's interesting that Dyson said, that's my job. I got to know what's out there. So if you're a cultural critic, if you're a professor teaching a class on like American popular culture, you can't just turn it off like you can with a listener. You can't as easily say, you know, I'm kind of done with Snoop Dogg after he criticized Gail King. I just won't listen to anything else he has to say. Mm -hmm. um, much as you'd like to, a lot of the times, because sometimes it's, it's an artist you have some respect for, and you find yourself losing more and more of that respect. Mm -hmm. In those roles, as somebody who writes about culture, as somebody who teaches culture, you can't do that same thing that you do as a listener. I agree 110%. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that I'll take it a step further. Yeah. As an academic, as a um, cultural critic, as someone who studies and you know remarks on the culture mm -hmm. it's you have an obligation to challenge sure. something that you hear that may be um you know whatever that may sure. make you feel any kind of way i cracked the mic in the first episode and you know gave you a pretty i think extensive opinion of what I thought of the new J Electronica album. You know, I wasn't offended by the lyric, but sure. I was offended by some, some <laughs> other things. And just the aesthetics. One of could guy. say, yo, who cares what you think, Trom? Like, yeah. and I don't expect him to care what I think, but <laughs> I'm someone who listens to hip hop and writes and speaks about it. And so that's my opinion. You know and, I mean? you know, as an artist, I think any artist can relate to that. Well, who fucking cares what you think? That kind of knee-jerk response when you get any kind of bad review or mm -hmm. <laughs> somebody tweets you and says, I didn't like that story you wrote. Mm -hmm. You just think, well, fuck you. You know, I wasn't talking to you anyway. I wasn't talking to you anyway. <laughs> exactly. Of course, you didn't like it. You suck. Exactly. Um, not to make light of the idea of audience and in-group versus out-group, which is a much bigger discussion, but artists do tend to write off the negative criticism by just saying, ah, you know, that critic doesn't know what he's talking about. He doesn't like anything good. Facts, facts. But I wanted to, um, because we're not segueing. No. But, okay. Because I oh, think that... You want to go for it? Go for it. No, no, because I think that I want to, I want to ask you, based on what we're talking about, because it, I, I'm trying to figure out um, whether it be specifically with the Peter Rosenberg thing or just stepping mm. out of that. I guess what I'm, I guess what I'm trying to see, what I'm trying to connect to is the power to exclude. Mm -hmm. Who has the power to exclude? Who has been excluded? And who would respond to being excluded in a manner that says I'm not accustomed to being excluded and I don't appreciate it. So you just 
describe the history of the United States of America? Correct. Even if you talk about a term like exclusive membership, an exclusive club, an exclusive neighborhood. Correct. uh, That term grows straight out of certain folks of certain skin colors or ethnicities being excluded. Correct. By white America. So historically, especially in the United States of America, that power to um, exclude, as you put it, has been held by the white majority, typically a white male majority, right? Correct. Correct. So, of course, when you've got something as valuable and powerful as hip-hop, music, and culture, there's going to come some possessiveness with it. Correct. You know, some idea that, okay, well, this is ours. Well, it's also learned behavior. Absolutely. This is the, 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 the creators of this culture and genre of music have been subjected to that from the beginning of mm-hmm. their existence here. <laughs> and have seen thing after thing and movement after movement and art form after art form stolen. Correct. And I'm sure in their, and I wasn't there, you know what I mean? But I don't know that there wasn't some point in time during the 1950s that you know, it began with kind of like, hey, man, you guys maybe should do this, or maybe you guys should sing more about that, or do more of this, or do less of that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, and, and there was a um, some form of whitewashing of the music prior to it just becoming taken altogether. Sure. You know, I don't know that. So, you know, when we're talking about problematic subject matter, and um, things that may be offensive to other groups, there is a conversation also to be had, like I said, about who, who's being addressed by this music mm-hmm. and with this music um, and one's right to um, critique content Mm -hmm. yeah and even that larger idea of is culture property yes right is culture a thing you can protect like the uh you know the borders of your lawn (laughs) can you say get off my lawn if your lawn is a is a music and a culture correct i would say that yes you can because uh certainly White America has been doing that since the very beginning. Well, and I would argue that you can, if you are the dominant culture in Mm. this country, I would say clearly you cannot if you Mm. are (laughs) making hip hop. Yeah, I mean, a a lot of my thinking on the notion of property as it relates to race and whiteness in particular comes from uh, the mother of the rapper Earl Sweatshirt, Mm. Cheryl Harris, who wrote this great landmark article in Critical Race Theory. It's called Whiteness as Property. Right. And she published this back in 1993 in the Harvard Law Review. And her idea is that, that whiteness is protected like property Mm. um it's it allows in certain members 
like property, like a country club almost. It makes rules as to who can who can lay claim to whiteness. Yes. Um, it decides who will be excluded from whiteness. I think that's 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 the one takeaway that I got. Yeah. Yes. The, the ability to exclude. So um the right to exclude. The right to exclude. So notions like the uh, the paper bag test. Mm-hmm. You know, if your skin is as dark as or darker than a paper bag, you're not considered white. If it's lighter, you are. Um, the one drop rule, going back to the, the deep south, the Jim Crow era, the idea that one drop of black blood means that you are not white. Mm-hmm. So you don't get to lay claim to this property of whiteness and all the uh, exclusive benefits that its members get to share. So yeah, the idea to shape and define what, it, what whiteness is and who gets to lay claim to it, it really is treated as property. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if you can take an identity and regard it and legislate it as property, of course you can with a culture or an art form, if you got the power to do it. And so that being the foundation of race in this country and race being very much the foundation of this country. Sure. I guess an underlying theme that I don't know if you've noticed, but it's starting to um, show, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of as we move through these episodes and I've kind of asked the question in different ways. I don't have an answer myself. Um, which I don't know that that's my job. So even when you ask <laughs> what I think, I don't think my job is to like have answers and say, Hey, my, I just, my job is to ask questions. This sounds like you're about to ask me a tough question. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. I ask the listeners questions. I want the listeners to think about these questions. That's kind of my job. It's not so much for me to sit here and give my opinion on a bunch of stuff. You know what I mean? I like to kind of, um, point counterpoint show different sides show different angles and and, and spark mm-hmm. thought and dialogue so, you know that's kind of where we where we are with this oh this, definitely just in case anybody ever wanted to know so i may have a point in one podcast and then i may have a contrary point in another podcast and you may say he just thought this way in this podcast <laughs> and now it is i bringing multiple angles to the table but question I've been asking, we asked about the segregate. We talked about segregation. We talked about um, appropriation, misappropriation. Mm-hmm. We talked Same about root word as property, property. Right? We talked exactly. We talked about all of these things as a marginalized people. Sometimes we go about, I think, f- trying to get our, freedom, independence, peace of mind, comfort, whatever, stability by becoming kind of like the larger society. Like we become mm-hmm. like the larger society. We take on the um, culture, the themes, the ways of the larger society. And sometimes we inherently, I think, 
do things that seem to be very like uh, black or African in spite of the conditions that we have. Um, example. So when we're talking about like this house and the hip hop and things like that, hip hop's never been exclusive to black people. Sure. Only time hip hop was exclusive to black people is when black people, or when I say black people, I'm including the Hispanics that were in the neighborhood. You know what I mean? I'm including black and brown people. Those who created hip hop. It was only exclusive because that's the only people that were there. <laughs> you know what I mean? It wasn't exclusive because we said we're going to create this thing and it's just going to be for us. We just created it. And the first person, the first, when it, you know, whether it's Fab Five, Freddy, or whoever brought it, wherever it was brought, the first person that was exposed to it outside of the culture was embraced. And it was just, hey, it's hip hop. Right? We never really had a you can't be in this stance. We may laugh at the white boy who tried to rap, or uh, as soon as he proved he was good, we were like, well, white boys, don't we love him? And he was embraced. But there was a stance to say, but you can't take this away from us. Of course. Of course, right? But that's a lot different than you don't get to be this, which is what yeah. we face as black people in this country. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? So I'm saying on that's a much example, larger scale. On a much larger scale. So I'm saying that's an example of in spite of mm-hmm. how we've been treated, we show up a different way. Yeah, absolutely. So, but then there are spaces, I guess the larger Mars or, or whatever, where we're taking a more militant stance in terms of possession and mm. saying, this is ours. We don't want you in it. Or, 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 or when that wasn't Lord Jamar's yeah, stance. I wouldn't say Jamar said that. That wasn't Lord Jamar's stance. But, no. you know, or if you're going to be in it, then we need you to go boop, 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 boop. Yeah. And whether that's... You got to act as a guest. Correct. That's correct. what Lord Jamar said. Correct. Correct. But there are those who say, Why? And so the question is, I guess, we're talking about whiteness as property and juxtaposing that to hip hop as a house, as property. Can we successfully create a system in hip hop that mirrors white supremacy or white male supremacy? (laughs) Oh, okay. Yes, I think so. I think I see where you're headed with this. This is something you brought up to me uh, off of the podcast at different points. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me a little more about it. We'll table that deep dive for a different conversation. But I will say what what I'm saying is there's a theme that's running where it's like, well, this was done to black people by the larger society or the dominant society. Mm -hmm. Should black people in turn do it to the larger society with what little they have as their Mm -hmm. own? Or should we, I guess, continue or try to be the example Mm -hmm. of, you know, humanity that I think we've been um, at multiple times during our time here in this country? 
So even the response to Lil Nas X over the past year or so, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, For the most part, hip hop has been pretty welcoming. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which if you were listening to hip hop in say nineteen eighty eight and you heard some of the, the homophobic lyrics, you might have really not seen it headed that direction. Mm. But if you were watching primetime TV and all the gay jokes you would have seen in nineteen eighty eight, you would have not thought it was going that direction either. I was just watching Delirious the other day. Delirious, oh my yeah. god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And even it's like, you know, I oh, like me and my girl, like, ooh. But uh <laughs> yeah. you forget how bad forget. it was, right? It was it was heavy. I'm like, wow, you can't you cannot speak this way anymore. And, and probably just should not. You know, whether I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with yeah. you. Yeah. You know, you. it's it's kind of interesting and scary. Scary is a better word to yeah. look back and think about sneaking and watching Delirious when I was pretty damn young. Yeah. And thinking like, well, I'm not supposed to see this, not supposed to hear this, but not really necessarily thinking there was anything wrong. Right. With what Eddie Murphy was saying. Right. Um, right. And now you see it in a, such a different context. Right. 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 Agreed. And from Eddie Murphy, you know what I yeah. mean? And from, you know, so... Yeah, I, I just, you know, I, I find that I find that interesting. So I'm saying that to say getting back to like, you know, like I said, in terms of the music, like we're not speaking to you. So, sure. you know, taking that stance, like, well, if you're offended, tough. Mm-hmm. I wasn't talking to you. Turn it off. Don't listen. That's cool. Mm-hmm. It's not for you. And that not being the most inclusive type of rhetoric. So you would rather see, like you, you mentioned with our last episode, that you'd rather see Peter Rosenberg actually have this conversation with Jay Electronica, or at least, you know, them involved with some other scholars. People absolutely. who really 100%. know what they're talking about. Yeah. Absolutely, because I, in the same vein that I could say, I can laugh and say like, I wasn't crying out for Rosenberg. Mm. Like I said, I think he deserves a conversation. I want to hear the conversation because I also don't think you should just be allowed to rap Synagogue of Satan mm. unless you plan on backing up that statement. I think that statement yeah. should be challenged. That's, you know what I mean? Like, I think mm. anything should be challenged. You know, I challenge lyrics all the time and I want, I, w- I would invite someone to challenge mine because I, I try to stand on everything that I say. You know what I mean? And so it's like, I, I expect that from every MC. Oh, you said it. You know, a partner of mine always used, used to say, uh, walk with your words. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So if you said it, you know, <laughs> you should be able to defend it. Uh, otherwise, it's just rap. And if it's just rap, then, eh, yeah. you know, that's not really my that's not really my cup of tea. I get, you know, that we talk about the Eminem thing, you know what I mean? Like, that's just, mm-hmm. that's not my cup of tea. Just the, um, just the rapidity, the rapping to be rapping. Like if you, you know what I mean? Like if you're rapping, then I expect you to be able to stand on what you say. So I, I think it should be challenged. Yeah. So you should have something to say. <laughs> if you have something to say, mm-hmm. if you have something to say, there's again, you see, I'm not going to, listen to someone 
rapper, whoever, I can't think of anybody, but whoever you would say raps and just really doesn't say much, but they may just have a particular style mm. of, of, of music and, you know, and it works. That has its time and its place. Sure. And I listen um, to foreign language rap and I don't speak a word. You listen German. to German. You love <laughs> that German stuff. And I like some German hip hop. I really you don't do. know what they're talking <laughs> about. I'm going to put together a, um, remind me to do this. Okay. I'm going to put together because there's a whole like crap load of music from me that you've never heard. Oh yeah. I want to hear it. I'm going to put together a like little mixtape of all the collabs that I've done. I would love that. You'd love this stuff. And I've never thought about that, but you'd love this stuff. This stuff with guys from Poland, Ooh, yeah. Georgia, the country, and it's just, it's all kinds of I France. And it's all, I got, I got like a greatest hits of me um, making music with guys from Europe. Um, but yeah. And so you don't, what was I saying? You completely threw me off my train of thought, but. Hip hop can be just fun, right? It can be, can be mindless entertainment. And you get to you get to engage the stuff that you like. You know what I mean? Um, and if you're so inclined, like, okay, I just started listening to a little bit of um little baby. We were talking mm -hmm. we, were, we were supposed to talk about what we were listening to. So I've been listening yeah, we to we never get back to that somehow. Yeah, I've been listening to a little bit of little baby okay. um recently. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm into it. You know, I'm a little bit behind on that, honestly. I'm no, a little it, bit. Do, am I listening to the album? Is it every single song? No, but I like what I like. Yeah, you know what I mean. I'm allowing myself to, you know, to check out the um, the new artists and just kind of say, "Hey, I'm into this. I'm in. I'm listening to it differently now. I used to listen to it, you know, kind of in contrast to what we did, and now I'm just yeah. listening to it as something completely different, and I can enjoy it." Definitely. But, you know, I don't want to hear some of the stuff they're talking about all the time. Like, I, you know, I, I'm 42. Like, I'm not, <laughs> I don't want to hear about that. You know, I don't know any of these clothing companies. Like, I don't know who they're talking about. Sure. Um, and, uh, you know, but am I going to write like an entire thing and saying like, it's problematic and da, 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 like, no, no, I just, I won't listen. They have the right to speak about whatever. And again, now that's where the age thing comes in. Yeah. They're not talking to me. Exactly. And, <laughs> you know, you and me both, man, and they never will be again. Yep, you know, it's, again. it's not like we're going to get older and all of a sudden there's rap made for 60-year-olds just for us. <laughs> I think it's over for us. Well, who knows? Jay might have a verse for us in 10 years. That's possible. That's true. <laughs> So what else have you been listening to? I know we wanted to get back to this. Yeah, no, 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 for sure. Um, did I tell you about this? Um, so we really, in a future episode, should spend a little bit of time on um, Royce Five Nines' new yeah. album, The Allegory. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, it's a good album. Very good and, and very timely. Mm -hmm. and, and it really is, you know giving a take on some of the topics that we speak about. Um, and he's definitely a guy I didn't think I was going to see make it maybe this, even to this age. I, I didn't, I didn't see it either. Um, yeah. It's one, it's a really underrated um, rebrand. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I 
I got all the respect in the world for him, man, and what he's doing. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's excellent. I think it's excellent. So I have been listening to um, the allegory. Um, We talked about Mm -hmm. um, Jay Electronica album. Um, I did take in the um, Jadakiss new album. I haven't come around to that one yet. Ignatius. Yeah, is that good? Um, it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. I um. That's a whole nother. It's okay. Yeah. I, I, it's okay. Um, Any of those guys from the locks, like it's always at least okay. Yeah, it's not. You know, it's it's, it's never, rare I pick some up and I'm just like this is yeah, garbage. It's a it's a listen. It's a it's a it's a cool. It's very grown. Yeah. Um, it's very grown, and um, that's cool. <laughs> that's cool. I don't know if I'll pick it up again in terms of like you know rotation listens, mm. but you know what I mean. I'll catch it. I'll listen to it. You know what I mean? I don't know. I, I, I listen to it. I did enjoy the uh, Price of Tea in China, which is Boldy James and Alchemist's new um, project. You know, I got to pick that one up too. Uh, I'm behind on these. That you'll like. That you'll like. Okay. And I've been listening to a um, album. A, um, well, I don't know what they're called anymore, but a project from um, Hit Boy, who's mm. um, producer i guess most known for um n words in paris hmm, yeah. um he has a project with uh dom kennedy Ooh, that uh, came out i think in 2018 that's called courtesy of half a mil so i've been kind of killing that that's kind of like been in my rotation that boldy james the um royce five nine uh planet asia um freddie gibbs matter of fact i'm waiting on a, a new uh, Planet Asia album that's produced by 38 Special. Nice. Um, been listening to that. Still listening to Freddie Gibbs. Still listening okay. to uh, you know, the Griselda stuff. Um, I think Benny just dropped the uh, a new one, uh, new song, not a new album. Okay. Uh, Rock Marciano, of course. Um, still listening to you know a lot of Nipsey. Oh yeah, and then um, you know, I get into my uh, my feelings bag. I listen to um, Snow Allegra, mm-hmm. which is, um, brand new R and B um, female artist, and Alex Isley. Alex Ooh, Isley yeah. is also a um, singer from um, Los Angeles. She's uh, actually the daughter of Ernie Isley from the Isley, Isley Brothers. Brothers. Yeah, so I'm all I'm all into that. I probably listen to that more. Then the other stuff I called out was because we're a hip hop podcast. I gave I led I led with the hip hop, but really I'm in the crib listening to Alex Isley <laughs> and her all day. <laughs> so you gave me some new stuff. I'm downloading it right now. Oh man, yeah. You'll enjoy the um the Boldy James stuff. Cool. You will. Um Alchemist is on like a a tear. I guess it's like Yeah, for real. Yeah, Alchemist is on fire. <laughs> Alchemist is on fire, solidifying his um spot as my favorite um guest in hip hop. Right, <laughs> he, he's high on the list. I think. Yeah, right? yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. So, uh, what about you? Other than what I just saw, uh, man, you mentioned all this new stuff, but you know, nothing can beat Casual's Instagram. Yeah, man, Casual from Hieroglyphics. Uh, Bay Area conglomerate that was just uh, dominant back in the early 90s. Delta Funky, Homo Sapiens, Soul of the Mischief, Casual, Pep Love, all those dudes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Casual puts up these freestyles on Instagram. Half the time he's doing them out in the woods by himself. He takes his RV out, 
sets up his little uh, little recording station and builds a fire, and it's just always solid. Mm-hmm. Um, some of it, he puts up some things, you know, some collaborations with other producers, things like that. But it's really good, just consistent across the board. Yes, we're and we're putting that out there now. We're looking for casual. We'd like to talk to him. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he's out there in the RV somewhere, living out in isolation through this <laughs> coronavirus. I guess, I guess it was something else though. You had Price of Fame, Sean Price, correct? And Little Fame, yeah, and Little Fame from um, MOP. Um, That's a I, good album. I um, I need to catch that one. I've only heard a couple of joints. I liked everything I heard, but I need to. I keep forgetting that um, it's not what's happening. Is I guess I'm becoming a slave to my um playlist mm. and it's doing that weird thing where it's trying to like know who i am and then uh, it's so it's yeah. like you know hey why don't you listen to this and that hasn't come up yet and i keep forgetting to go look for it i have to send it to you. it's like curating my like listening it's like why don't you listen to more currency <laughs> and more currency and you know yeah, so um I got to get that because it's just, yeah. I wouldn't really be a Brooklyn dude if I didn't take that one in. So as a matter of fact, I'm going to get that done before the weekend's out. So I'm mentioning old favorites. I mean, as far as current releases, I mean, Earth Gang's album this year, I thought was amazing. I saw him in Philly at the TLA. They put on a great show. Very cool. Um, I've been I like really the, into Bobby Sessions from Dallas. Very cool. I like the um the Dreamville album as well. They Dreamville, did the deluxe yeah. the deluxe album. I was I was um I really enjoyed. You got a few more tracks, right? Yeah, yeah. I like a lot of the um what um yeah, Earth Gang Earth Gang and Jid are all over it. Earth Gang and Jid, absolutely. Yeah, I yeah, think we, yeah. we can expect a new Spillage Village album out of them coming up. Okay, is the yes. word I hear with Mariba in the mix. <laughs> She, I like her. Yeah. Um, IDK's new album. Okay. I've been listening to him off and on the past couple of years. He's got some really good tracks on this new one. See, you're putting um, me on. Yeah. Wiki definitely Wiki, stays in your rotation. Guy. Yeah. 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 I yeah, that to, No uh, Mountains in Manhattan album from like two I, years ago. I, I really like that album. I really like that album. album. Has he released anything since then? He's got a new one that just came out a couple months ago. Okay, I'm going to catch that. I really like that uh, Mountains. And he's a guy who most of his tour got canceled, I think. Yeah, it's isolation. He just kind of headed out, and then I think a lot of dates got canceled. Man, that's rough. Yeah. It's rough. That's rough. Shouts out to, um, again, shouts out to all the artists, man. Hang in there. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, just get creative. Figure some things out. I've been listening to a little bit of the God Fahim. I understand he's got some kind of beef with the Griselda guys. I don't pay too much attention to the soap opera side of things. So I, I really know. I like, didn't, um, no, I didn't, I didn't catch that. Now I know. Um, I don't know. I thought the God Fahim was connected to uh, Mac Hami. Yeah. Who is affiliated. Is affiliated and is a Jersey guy. I mean, uh, North Jersey, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I didn't know where Mac Hami is. I think so. I, I, um, partner of mine put me on to Mac Hami years ago yeah. and I've seen him, you know once I started seeing him again I'm like I know, I've heard, I know this guy like I know this guy is um yeah I you know so all that stuff I love and Mac Hami's done some good stuff with but I didn't, Drew I didn't know well. the um yeah I didn't know the guy Fahim had a um quarrel 
See, now I'm just spreading gossip. And now I you even, just <laughs> know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm spreading gossip, man. <laughs> I saw the word beef somewhere. Oh, that's, man. that's good enough for me. We don't like beef. <laughs> so hopefully, hopefully that's not the case, man. That Drug album last year called it wasn't even close. I think that's 2019. Really good. That's a really, heard it's good, really good. I heard it's really good. I got to catch up to that too. This, there's, it's just so much music, man. So much music. There's a lot out there for sure. Mm-hmm. I'll give a shout out too to Darko the Super, who's a Philly area rapper. Um, he's got like 37 albums. Um, I definitely see him out here and there when I go to shows. He opened up for the Beat Nuts or half the Beat Nuts <laughs> a couple weeks ago. <laughs> I went to see a Beat Nuts show and it was only Psycho Less. But even though he didn't have Juju with him, he surprised us with Tash from the Alcoholics. Mm. And they put on a good show. I mean, they did what they could. Uh, one half of one group and one third of another. <laughs> Get out. But it was cool to see him. And Darko opened that show and actually DJed for the Beat Nuts. Oh man, that's I, I've never heard of him. So you just put me on to something. Oh yeah, and he's, apparently he's out there, there is a there is a um diss track um from the Godfahim. Ah, uh, see, look at all this. I started so, gossip. No, you 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 hit the nail. I gotta go <laughs> check track this down now. Apparently, shots have been fired. Oh, see, Not literally, yeah. And, you know, let's hope it produces some good music and nothing else, right? I'm sure at the end of the day, we just want to hear good releases from either camp. Mm. Yeah, really. We just we just want the music, man. Yeah. You know? And we'll get into, like, my uh, international hip-hop probably a little deeper at one point, but uh, I do listen to some German hip-hop. I always do at least a quick search to make sure, you know, just the, the pictures of the dudes, just to make sure they're not the neo-Nazi faction of German hip-hop, which sadly is out there. Um, and isn't that a fucked-up full circle? Right, you using hip hop to promote white nationalism and neo Nazism. Scary. It's very weird. Yeah, I mean, it, there's white nationalist rap in the U.S. as well. Um, there's guys waving Confederate flags and swastikas all over the place. If you if you do a little bit of a deep dive on YouTube, but yeah, <laughs> I'm always looking to avoid any hint of that. Obviously. Even if I can't understand the language, I got to do a little bit of research, make sure I know what I'm wading into. That would be good. I would, right? oh, I would, hate, yeah. I would hate to find out that um, you've been running around here. Spinning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I've been listening to this guy for five years. <laughs> I had no idea what he was saying, but it turns out it's fucked up. <laughs> I don't know if we have a button on our... Um, uh, there's really no way to put a button on this um property kind of um you know i could probably station. cap it off with a little just a little hint of a reading from earl's mom cheryl i harris. was gonna say i'd love if you would read dr so, cheryl harris yeah yeah absolutely sure so here's just a little tidbit of cheryl harris's 93 article which ages completely well i mean i don't think any of this is out of date in 2020 which is sad But she says, many theorists have traditionally conceptualized property to include the exclusive rights of use, disposition, and possession, with possession embracing the absolute right to exclude. 
The right to exclude was the central principle, too, of whiteness as identity. For mainly, whiteness has been characterized not by an inherent unifying characteristic, but by the exclusion of others deemed to be not white. The possessors of whiteness were granted the legal right to exclude others from the privileges inhering in whiteness. Whiteness became an exclusive club whose membership was closely and grudgingly guarded. Oh, one second. I'm trying to get to the next page here. The courts played an active role in enforcing this right to exclude, determining who was or was not white enough to enjoy the privileges accompanying whiteness. In that sense, the courts protected whiteness as any other form of property. Moreover, as it emerged, the concept of whiteness was premised on white supremacy rather than mere difference. White was defined and constructed in ways that increased its value by reinforcing its exclusivity. Indeed, just as whiteness as property embraced the right to exclude, whiteness as a theoretical construct evolved for the very purpose of racial exclusion. <clears throat> That's Cheryl Harris from Whiteness as Property in 1993. That's awesome. So what do you have for us at the end uh, here? I'm just going to go. I'm not going to... Um... I'm not sure if we're just going to go. Let me see. Um, all the kings in the building parade around me got me feeling like Farad. So glad a lot found me slight veteran. Better than niggas is coke peddling, pushing the gas, so many raps and fucking up the development. I'm building with my elbows reflecting the light, trying to keep myself low in the streets, but it's hard to ignite the block pumping so we stay out of sight. Eating mills in Soho, Dolo, catching a flight. Perhaps you know that old whole belt swinging welts with a daddy fat sacks on tracks. I do for Delphia. This is born guard power. I warned y'all cowards at the storm of form a shower. Better go get a cut. My style king like Tut. Might walk through your hut Like sharp sword swinging Y'all niggas could get cut I could give a fuck About your paper Or your smut How many L's you roast Your whole style butt Coming through like what Fuck boys sit down E got the Quran Marley got the pit down Me I'm smoking trauma And sitting by what we live around It's a balance in the cipher For real we get dope Pack shows Never keep it concealed And we so underground And we be talking to Dilla One love to the dead Stuck in thought of you nigga Blowing L's of the killer Help to deal what I'm feeling And yo my mind Can let off like a nine Full clip no bullshit. I hope your design is like Kevlar, cause all I need a mic and a beat and XLR to straight murder rappers and only a locker help y'all my history. Mm, That's nice. from my partner as is. That was off the head. Wow, look at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exclusive stuff. As is, where's he from? As is is from West Baltimore. Ooh, okay. So you have anything out? Anything you could find? Um We've got some material out. Um, he's part of the Fellowship Project that we released a few records on um, last summer. Okay. But um, you have to, um, I guess, for that type of stuff, you have to just be around me. <laughs> or come well, you're to gonna send show. me a playlist. I'll I'll, I'll I'll put something together for yeah, sure. Yeah, definitely. Put something together. Uh, maybe we can all... post it on the uh, podcast website. Um, maybe we can. Maybe yeah. we should. That'd be nice. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Shouts out to the fellowship. All right. So is, is that the end of this episode? I think we're done, man. <laughs> That's it, man. So based, uh, based on that sign off. I think, we're <laughs> done, I think that we're done. Oh, well, <laughs> hey, we're here. Um, and we'll continue to be here uh, one way or another. So uh, stay safe out there, everyone. Absolutely. We'll talk to you soon. Guest in the house. Yes, sir. Peace out. So, 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 so.